Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. If you were here last week, we kicked off a series called Momentum Moments. Momentum Moments. Somebody say Momentum momentum. We talked about what it takes to generate momentum. We talked about the power that momentum creates in moving you forward. It's interesting, and I want you to consider this. I thought about this even this week. You know, a train that's stationary on the railroad tracks, if it's parked on the tracks, that massive train, I don't know how many tons that it weighs collectively, but that train will stay in place with just a little block put in front of it. But you know what? That same train, when it's got some speed and it's got some momentum, it can blast through a four-foot concrete barrier. How many of you know momentum is a big deal when you got it working for you? And our whole purpose in, in talking about these moments out of the life and ministry of Jesus is to help be a catalyst for godly momentum to see you break through some things. Come on, somebody say breakthrough. How many of you have ever been at a place in your life where you need a breakthrough? There have been some things coming after you, that things that are over you, trying to hold you back. I believe God wants to use these moments to create breakthrough in our lives. We said last week that if you have spiritual mojo, that it affects every area of your life. If you've got it in your soul, then it, man, you can experience breakthrough in your finances, breakthrough in your relationships, breakthrough in your marriage, breakthrough for your future. I believe that this, God's going to use this set of teachings to create those significant moments. Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 1. The Bible says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Somebody say the wilderness into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. I want to talk to you about wisdom in the wilderness today. Wisdom in the wilderness. Uh, In fact, all week long I had a a certain intention, a a direction with this message. But yesterday, God did a... How many has ever had that happen in your life? You had a plan... You had it kind of all figured out, and God said, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, we're going to go this way. Yesterday, I got a change of plans. I want to talk to you about wisdom in the wilderness. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. The first thought I want to give you is simply this. Number one, you will go through a wilderness season. Some of you like, Pastor, can you at least be a little more positive today? Yes, I'm positive you will go through. Come on, talk to me. You're going to go through a wilderness season. Now, now remember what we talked about last week. Last week was the, the significant moment of Jesus being baptized, and he launched his ministry from that place. Uh, he was obedient. He went to the Jordan River. He was baptized by John. Remember what happened at his baptism. The heavens opened up. Remember we talked about how to open up the doors of heaven. 
And down came this dove, the, the emblem of the Holy Spirit, and this booming voice where God the Father makes an announcement. Okay, attention everyone. I don't want anyone to miss it. This is my son. I'm pleased with him. Now think about it. From that moment, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're affirmed by God the Father. What's the next step? Man, we got work to do. Let's go. Let's go to the crowds. Man, let's find the community. Man, I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm affirmed by the Father. We got to preach. We got to heal the sick. Let's raise the dead. Come on. How many of you would start a tour from city to city? That kind of makes sense. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness. Now, if you study this, most scholars believe that this wilderness area was right outside of Jericho, an uninhabited pasture land that was just barren. It was desolate. I've been there. I've been to the city of Jericho, and I've seen this region that most scholars would would call the wilderness that Jesus spent 40 days. This is not a place that you would want to contact Airbnb and set up for 40 days. I'm telling you, there's nothing there. And yet the scripture tells us that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will take you to places that you didn't intend. Some of you may be in a wilderness right now. That may be the season that you're currently in and you're saying, God, why? Whoa, whoa, wait, Holy Spirit, we took a wrong turn somewhere. How many has ever felt like God was taking you down streets and roads and places that, that were, hey, God, we're going the wrong way? You ever felt that? How many backseat drivers do we have? How many of you get irritated at backseat drivers? Hey, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. Some of you fellas wanted to raise your hand, but wisdom said not to. <laughs> that is wisdom in the wilderness. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Can I tell you, God doesn't need our commentary. He knows what he's doing. And even if you find yourself in a wilderness, maybe it's the Holy Spirit bringing you to a place to develop something in you. You can't escape the wilderness. You can't avoid the wilderness. You got to simply go through it. Can somebody help me say amen today? You know, you haven't lived until you thought you might die in the wilderness. The Bible says that the Spirit of God led Jesus to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. When I read that again this weekend, I thought, well, of course, when you fast, you will get hungry. I'm reminded of the evangelist that came through town one time and, and said, hey, if you'll, if you'll fast for three days, God will give you a vision for your life. And so you know what? The people fasted and three days went by and the pastor talked to one of his congregation members. He said, okay, you fasted for three days. What vision of your life did God give you? He said, well, pastor, I had visions, hot dogs and hamburgers and ice cream. I got hungry. The Bible says Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Can I tell you this? Number two, wilderness time is not wasted time. You may be in the wilderness today, but God is not wasting the time that you spend there. Jesus was in this uninhabited pasture land right outside of Jericho with no food and no people. How many of you would be miserable already? 
take my food away, take my friends away. Are you kidding me? But listen, sometimes the Lord will eliminate things in your life so he can elevate some things in your life. Sometimes the best addition is a good subtraction. God may be using the wilderness season to get your attention, and the only way he can get your attention is if he eliminates some things in your routine. Are you with me today? This is wisdom from the wilderness. God is not wasting a season, a moment, an experience in your life. Now, I know this message today, it might not be happy, clappy, sing-song sappy. I get it. This message may just be for one or two people, but I want you to know God sent me here on assignment this morning to minister to you if you're in a wilderness. God has not forgotten you in your wilderness. There's not wasted moments or experiences in your journey. You know, sometimes we think that in order to have a genuine move of God, you have to have marching bands and fireworks. Are you with me? We live in a culture where it's got to be snap, crackle, pop, and everything's sensational and spectacular and amazing. You know what? Sometimes the Spirit of God will move in you, and nothing else is happening around you. It's not bells and whistles and crowds and fanfare and applause. Jesus is in this barren, desolate wasteland. And he was led there by the Spirit. And we'll see what happens in these moments. I think Jesus sets a great example for all of us who find ourselves in a wilderness season. You know, if you're always chasing the next life-changing experience, it makes me wonder if any of those life-changing experiences actually changed your life. Are you with me? Sometimes we're chasing things, and, and God says, no, 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 no. i got to eliminate. I, I, I've got to isolate, and I've got to put you in a place where I have your attention. It reminds me of the prophet Elijah back in the Old Testament. In 1 Kings 19, the Bible says that, that after the, the battle that Elijah had with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he ran. And he runs to this, this place, and, and, and God begins to speak to him, and he sees, man, there, there's, there's an earthquake, and, and man, there's this loud, I mean, rocks are cracking, and man, things are happening, and the earthquake was moving, and, 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 and God moved, and, and there Elijah was, and he's expecting to hear something from God, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then came a mighty wind, and man, surely God was going to say something through the wind, but he wasn't in the windstorm. And then came this fire, and man, God wasn't in the earthquake, the wind, or the fire, the storm, nothing but a still, small voice. And guess where God was in that whisper? And you know what? If you're going to hear the still, small voice of God, you've got to be close. Are you with me? See, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I'll tell you, this is a word for somebody. Some of you, God's just saying, be still. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't stress. You're in the wilderness, God's saying, be still, because in that stillness, you will know that he is sovereign. Be still and know that I am God. Or you can stay busy and keep thinking that you're God. Mm -hmm. Come on, smile at me. Smile at me today. 
Oh, the Lord, he speaks and speaks right where we need him. God's saying, be still. If you find yourself in a wilderness season, it's not wasted. God's trying to speak to you. Jesus was fasting. He, he was praying. He was away from the crowds. Nobody was around. He had laser focus. You see, in a wilderness season, your focus will begin to shift. God may be trying to shift your focus. What, what happens? I look back at the wilderness seasons I've been through. And how many of you, you can look back and maybe not have to go back too far, but see a wilderness season that you were in. Your focus began to change, did it not? Sometimes before the wilderness, we think only of ourselves. But after the wilderness, we think of others. Our perspective changes. I'm not saying Jesus' perspective changed, but I tell you this, when you walk through a wilderness, your perspective will. But you know what else changes? Your hearing. It also expands. You begin to hear things that you didn't hear before. You see, before the wilderness, you already know everything. How many of you have kids in your house that already know everything? Oh, yeah. And then you just smile and you think, okay, well, it's what you learn after you already know everything that really matters. Come on. You see, before the wilderness, you already know everything. But once you go through a wilderness season, you know more, but you listen better. Come on. Are you catching this today? God's not wasting this season in your life. I remember being in Atlanta with a group of guys at a conference, and, and we all got in the car, and we were headed to the hotel. And as soon as we jumped in the car, all five of us jumped on our cell phones. And can you imagine five people, five cell phones, five different conversations all in one vehicle? That was madness. And, man, I'm a pastor. I, I talk loud, and I couldn't even hear myself. I'm thinking, wait a second, I can't live like this. i got to eliminate some things. Some of us, were straining to hear the voice of God above all the noise around us. And part of the wilderness experience is so that you can hear better. Can I tell you, wilderness, it may feel like failure, but it's where God does his best work. God does his best work in the wilderness. Hear me, church. Don't fight it. Don't criticize it. Don't despise it, but embrace it because the Lord is at work in your wilderness. <clears throat> I want to tell you this. I, I can't preach you out of the wilderness. I, I wish uh, in one sermon, I wish I could preach you out of the wilderness into this oasis of life. I can't do that, but I can challenge you to obey God if you find yourself in the wilderness. Scripture says this, look what it says in verse 3. During that time, the devil came to Jesus and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, the third thing I want you to see is this. If you're in the wilderness, know this, tests are coming. You will be tested in the wilderness. Now, God's not wasting this time. He's redeeming it. But there will be things that will come against you in your wilderness, and you need to be ready. You see, for Jesus, this wasn't a 40-day vacation. He was led by the Spirit into this wilderness, and the Scripture says, to be tempted, to be tested by the devil. 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil came at him. Some of you, the enemy of your soul has been knocking on your door. 
You have been tested. You've been tested physically. Man, there's been attacks against your body. Some of you have been attacked relationally. There have been things happening in, in, in your home, in your family, in your marriage. Some of you, the battle has been right here in your mind. The enemy has, has put a target on your mind, and he knows that if he can defeat you in your mind, that he can neutralize the rest of your life. Tests are coming. Now, what's interesting here is Jesus spent 40 days. Somebody say 40. Now, there's, there's significance here. I want you to watch this. 40 days, Jesus was in this, this wilderness, this desert. You know, Moses spent 40 days on the top of Mount Sinai. You know, when he sent the spies into the promised land, they scouted out the promised land for 40 days. Uh, uh, how many years did the, the, the children of Israel wander in the wilderness? 40. Do you see that? You see how this thing is kind of, uh, this is all mapping back to our ancestors. Jesus is about to face some battles, some of the same battles that his ancestors faced. But what they faced and failed at, Jesus will now face and succeed at. Can I tell you this? Your victory is going to be in Christ. Because where the ancient Hebrews failed, Jesus then succeeded. Can I have a good amen? Here's the formula for success. You're going to fight the enemy during your wilderness, but don't fight in your own strength. Don't lean on your own understanding, the Bible says. Are you catching this today? I hope this is bringing nourishment to your soul. Again, I can't eliminate the wilderness. I can't preach you out of it. But for those of you that find yourself under attack, I'm telling you there is victory and it's in Jesus. Because what, what, what they lost thousands of years before, Jesus gained. And now for those of us who are in Christ, our success is found in him. Notice what the devil says, if you are the son of God. Isn't that interesting? Well, if you really are the son. Now, why would, why would Satan say that? Because Jesus had just been baptized, and God the Father said, this is my son. And so the devil says, if you really are the son of God, then, watch this, the enemy of your soul will always cause you to question what God has declared. Some of you, God has, he's done something in your life. He's declared something over you. He's spoken a promise over you. Man, he's confirmed it in your soul. And the enemy will come and try to question the very thing that God has declared. If you really are the son of God. Can I tell you this? Your personal identity does not depend on what you do or what other people think about you. Come on, can I say that again? Because, you know, the, the devil's trying to get Jesus to prove that he is the Son of God by doing something. Your identity is not based on what you do or what other people think about you. Oh, this ought to set somebody free. Because I'm telling you this, our kids and our grandkids, there's a growing generation that's defined by what other people think and say. Look at what's happening on social media. You know, look at, the, look at all the, the peer pressure that surrounds our children and our grandkids. And we got to say, hey, break that stuff off of your life. You are who God says you are. 
You have what God says you have, and you can do everything God says that you can do. Don't let somebody's opinion of you define who God created you to be. There is true freedom when you don't have, watch this, there are, there, there's true freedom when you don't have anything to prove, you don't have anything to hide, and you don't have anything to lose. Nothing to prove, nothing to hide, and nothing to lose. The, the devil's trying to question what God had declared. This is my son. The devil says, well, if you really are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. You don't have to earn God's approval. Now, I tell you this, it's nice to have the approval of man, but I don't need it. Now, I know that sounds arrogant, and I don't mean to come across that way, but I have lived a large portion of my life under such insecurity about what other people think. And if I do this, maybe I'll be approved by them. And if I act this way, then they'll, they'll, they'll think well of me. And God says, wait a second, don't live your life for the crowd. You see, when you're in a wilderness and there are no people around you, God says, hey, it's you and me right now. It's you and me right now. And if you're good with me, then you're good. Are you with me? And it's like I remember when Trevor was playing t-ball. The very first time he played, he'd step up to the plate. He'd hit that ball. And, of course, everybody going crazy and screaming. Sometimes kids don't know which way to run. And he'd run to first base. And he'd get on that base. And he'd turn. The first person he would look was he would look at me. And he wanted to know, Dad, did I do good? And I would give him one of these right here. Son, that was great. And you could just tell, man, he just felt so pleased. Man, he got on base and he looked for his dad. He wanted the approval of his father. And then it dawned on me, if you're good with God, you're good. Doesn't matter what other people say, think, or do. Oh, man, I'm feeling this for you. I can't get you out of the wilderness, but I want you to know that the God who loved you and created you, he's right there with you in that wilderness. Notice what he says here. Turn these stones to bread, verse 4. But Jesus told him, no. Somebody say no. Come on, say it with a little attitude. Say no. Turn to your neighbor and say no. Doesn't it feel good to say no? Yes! I mean, no! I mean, well, I don't know what to say. You see, you got to set some boundaries here. Jesus says, no, for the scriptures say, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from where? The mouth of God. See, some of you have been listening to the devil run his mouth. He's been taunting you, tormenting you, lying to you, questioning, causing you to question the call of God on your life, your identity in Christ. You need to speak up. You can't keep listening to the enemy and his lies. If you listen to those lies long enough, eventually you start to believe them. But you, out of your mouth, you've got to say something. And you have to speak the word of God. Notice how Jesus defended himself while he's under attack. It wasn't his thoughts, his opinions. It wasn't what he read or what somebody posted on social media. <laughs> what did he say? The scriptures say, I want you to use the word as a weapon. You see, God gives us this book, and it's not just nighttime reading to put you to sleep before you go to bed. Come on. <laughs> 
How many of you know when you wake up in the morning, you get in the book? Come on, get, your, get out of Facebook and put your face in the book. Come on, somebody. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Man, you can't spend five hours on social media and five minutes in God's word and expect to have any power. Man, this thing is for real. The devil's playing for keeps. And if you're listening to the lies of the enemy, man, you got to shut that stuff down. You got to tell the enemy no. You got to set some boundaries. And you know how you quiet the enemy? You open your mouth and you say, the scripture says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Can I have a good amen? How are we living by the words of Jesus? Man, what he says, man, that is bread to us. You see, listen, the Bible is meant to be bread for daily living, not cake for special occasions. Come on, somebody. Woo! Come on, hum at me today. Mm. Well, it's like a birthday. We're going to have cake. We're going to celebrate something maybe once a month, every six months. No, no, no. This is not cake for special occasions, man. This is daily bread because your soul needs it. Interesting how the devil would tempt Jesus. He'd been fasting for 40 days. Of course he's hungry. Man, if I even think about fasting, I get hungry. 40 days into it, he's fasted, and physically, he's hungry, and so the devil knows that and says, well, turn these stones into bread. Hunger is a legitimate need, of course, and Jesus could have done it, but he's recognizing a spiritual hunger that's even greater. Hmm. You see, in the wilderness, you got to remember his provision. Well, wait. No, no, no. Lord, He's going to provide for me this lie, this temptation, this test. I'm not buying it because I know God will take care of me. Can I tell you, the Lord's going to take care of you. Somebody needs to hear that right now. You have been worried. You have been anxious. Uh, We talked about it earlier. This has been the most uncertain year we've ever experienced so much turbulence. There's a lot of fear, and the devil would love to leverage uncertainty and create fear. Some of you have been worried. I want you to know this. Where the Lord guides, he provides. God's going to supply what you need. You've got to begin to speak the word. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You see, but if you don't know it, you can't confess it. If you don't have it here, you can't speak it here. The the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, for God delights in every detail of his life. Though he stumbles, he will not fall, for God will uphold him by his strong right hand. David said, I once was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. You don't have to beg God for something that's already yours. Something Jesus died to give you. Can I have a good amen? Well, I'm not going to have enough. No, God's going to give you not just enough. He's going to give you more than enough. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Can I have a good amen? 
Oh, I love it. Man, you got to speak this stuff. Deuteronomy 8.18, the Bible says it's the Lord who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish the covenant he's made with your father. I'm telling you, you're in covenant relationship with him. He's going to give you everything that you need to do what God's called you to do. Are you receiving this today? Listen, we've got to remember his provision. We've got to trust his protection. The devil brought Jesus up to this high place and said, hey, cast yourself down from here because the word says that the angels will, 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 will rescue you. And, and so he's tempting Jesus to use his power in a way that, 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 wasn't, I mean, that, that wasn't how God had called him in that season to use it. And so not only do we remember God's provision, but we got to trust God's protection. The Lord's going to protect you. What about sickness? What about disease, man? What about all, all the fear surrounding health? Hey, I got to walk out of my house every day knowing that I belong to the Lord. And I use wisdom. I'm not saying throw wisdom to the curb, but I, I've got to trust God will protect me and God will guide me. Devil didn't stop. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Took him to the very peak of this high mountain and he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. He says, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And again, Jesus, what does he say? He quotes the word. He says, get out of here, Satan. The scripture says you must worship the Lord your God only. Hmm. You see, Jesus knew that God the Father had promised him, one day all the nations of the world will come and bow before the Lord. Jesus knew that God had already promised that. So watch this. Here, here's what we do in the wilderness. We, we remember his provision. God, you've always taken care of me. We trust his protection. I'm not going to live in fear. But then we have to stand on the promises of God. God, this is what your word says. This is what you've promised me. I'm in a wilderness season and I don't see anything happening. I don't feel anything happening. But I'm just going to keep standing and the scripture says, after those three attacks of the enemy, Jesus responded, standing firm, quoting the scripture. He postured his heart, trusting God. And the enemy left him. And the angels came and ministered to him. I, I don't know what your attack is. I don't know what wilderness you may find yourself currently in. But I do know this. Your God is faithful I said he's faithful and we're going to sing this again and, and we're going to sing it from a different perspective we're not going to sing this based on feelings but we're going to sing this based on faith all my life God you have been faithful Lord all my life you've been good when you said yes to Jesus, didn't you give him your entire life? Did you give him everything? 
Didn't, didn't you give him your, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your children, your marriage, your, your relationships, your career, your passion, your destiny, your future, your finances? Didn't you give him all of it? Well, if you give him everything, guess what? He'll take care of everything. Amen. You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.